Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. I will tell you what, the old SC Playbook crew has been absolutely decimated this week due to injury and uh, miscellaneous circumstances. Walsh and Carlos coaching a, a kid's footy side there, doing some good stuff there. Desi Creek has been flattened by the Colonel himself. Colonel Sanders got a bad batch of chicken from uh, Kentucky Fried or something like that. So he's a late scratching. Uh, a bloke who isn't a late scratching is the Supercoach Spy who is flying. He's fresh. Uh, he's a man on a bit of a mission, Spy. Hey mate, how are you? Um, yeah, it's I've seen to have avoided this this flu that's going around the playbook crew. Um, Desi's out like a light today, but uh, I think he's probably not a keeper in my book, so I might trade him out this <laughs> week. <laughs> um, whilst on the other hand, I think you got to keep Walsh. Hang on to him for next week. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, get get well, Desi, and. Um, yeah, it's been a good weekend, footy-wise. Uh, managed to keep the momentum going. Um, now into 486, which is it's actually really exciting. I've never been this high pre-buyers. I sort of tend to do my damage traditionally in the back half of the season and over the buy period. So I'm a little bit excited and maybe just a touch nervous now as well. But, um, no, it's good stuff, mate. Nice, mate. <clears throat> yeah, I've uh, I've come down a bit, bit, bit of a bug, a standard autumn bug as well. It sort of flattened me a little bit, so try and get the energy levels up. Sort of just sat back and thought, you know, what would David Stagg do in a situation like this where he's got a bout of the man flu? How would he come out of it? David Stagg can come out and make about 97 tackles for whichever club he was playing for, get man in the match and storm off the field. So I'm trying to channel my inner D Stagg and see what we can deliver. As for the mighty Kuma Stallions, a much better bounce back week after an absolute shock of the week prior. 1,253 points, got us back up into just above 4,000, so a bit more respectable there, uh, and a few things are, are sort of looking team-wise, shaping up pretty well, um, so <clears throat> a lot better than we were seven days ago. Uh, guys, firstly, thank you for all the feedback on the podcast last week where we had the new format. Uh, a large amount of it was all, all positive for the new format that we're doing, as opposed to going through all the team-by-team sort of stuff gives us a little bit more flexibility to go on with uh, a few more hot topics of the week and just change things up and keep them a little bit flat as well. Um, a, little, a few of the other podcasts out there go through the sort of team list by team list um, so we can offer you something a little bit fresher and a little bit different as well. Um, <clears throat> a few exciting things to not so much announce but that happened during the week which you would have seen on our socials but uh, the SC Playbook League, so our in-house league with all our contributors, Finished number one overall out of over 16,000 leagues. Uh, Jared Groker, the Raiders skip, actually led the way with 1,300 points, so really bumped us up. Um, but yeah, between between Croak doing well, uh, we've got the Spy flying. Desi, I think he's in about 250th. Walsh is in about five or 600. Um, we're shaping up pretty well so far, so hopefully that can continue. Um, so do jump into the forum on our website and get chatting because our contributors will be on there uh, and answering a bunch of questions there. Um and just on the, the questions as well, uh, guys, over the last sort of 18 months since launching SC Playbook, <clears throat> been getting heaps and heaps and heaps of uh, 
questions sent into like direct message on our, our social pages, which we've been doing our absolute best to answer um, to help out. Um, but it's sort of it's getting into the hundreds each week now, and it's it's been a little bit too hard to, to keep on top of. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll do it when we can, but if you can get your questions in through the regular channels, which is on this podcast, of course, um, but if you're a subscriber, the subscriber special, drop them in there instead where we know we can get to them and focus on, in particular, what the subscribers have done. Uh, and then, of course, jump, drop them in the forum as well because uh, it's another great spot for them and then we can all get in and chime in on that as well. Uh, the lucky last thing I just wanted to say was the unlimited group. Our unlimited group now has the number one, two, three, five, and six ranked overall players in Supercoach. Henry's in the top spot at the moment, and he coaches a team called How Good Is Golf, which I'm all for as well. So congrats to Henry, uh, and good work to everyone in that. In today's show, we're going to go through the team news from the week, just a brief little key Supercoach points there. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat about buy planning in the origin period, our punting plays, go through the hot topics again of the week quite in depth, uh, drop our bold predictions, our trade skippers, then take a few questions at the end. Um, Spy, starting with a few of the key Supercoach team news, I've just jotted them down as I was going through my squad analysis at 4 o'clock as the teams dropped. Uh, and, mate, I'll get your thoughts on them first up. Um, I may have missed, I'm sure I missed a few things, but um, Appy Coruscant, Dylan Edwards named on the extended bench, uh, potentially a concern for Matt Burton owners there. If Edwards does come back in and be Crichton back to the centres, does Burton keep his spot? Possibly, maybe not. Danny Levi, the, the newest uh, Brisbane Broncos recruit, I think they announced it today, named on the bench for the Broncos. Uh, having a, a, a hooker on the bench, I think is good news for guys like Tevita Pangai Jr., Payne Haas, Matty Lodge in their minutes. Teague Wilton starting again at the Sharks with no Wade Graham at Cronulla. Massive for Teague Wilton. Sean Johnson named to return from his Achilles injury on the bench. Jackson Topany dropped from the Bulldogs, uh, so a bit of a dud cash cow there, uh, which I think we were all had a bit of a consensus on. The Raiders are uh, big changes there. Josh Hodgson's out. We don't know if it's injury or form or what's going on. Ryan James starting, among a few others. COC or Takiaho named in the back row, uh, sorry, front row for the Roosters, uh, despite I think it might be a rib concern for him. Good news for his owners, but monitor his fitness through the week. And the massive, massive news from team list, Ryan Pappenhausen not named by the Melbourne Storm. Spy, what are the ones that stuck out there for you, mate? <clears throat> yeah, really interesting one, as you mentioned, at Penrith with uh, Dylan Edwards potentially back either this week or next by the looks, as well as Appy Coruscant, which will help them a lot. Um a tricky one for me, probably not a heap of others, but I bought Momorowski last week who yeah. has been in really good touch, really kind of flying under the radar, producing good solid points. He's facing two weeks on the sidelines tonight, but he's fighting it. So if he does get suspended, generally I'd just hold because I've got a bit of centre coverage, but I won't know what's going to happen because if he gets suspended, probably Burton might even flip back to right centre while he's out, but then I'll have no idea if Burton's going to hold that spot over Monroski long term. So that creates a bit of a headache. I sort of hope he just gets off the suspension and then I'll figure out pretty quickly if he's in the side or not, uh, which I hope he probably will be. Uh, Shorty Johnson, very exciting, of course. Um, just interesting to see how he comes back from injury. But given how he played last year, he didn't rely on his speed as much. He turned into a bit more of a craftsman. Um LSJ, so, mate, he plays the second buy as well, so he'll be one to monitor over the coming weeks. And TKO is a big one. I actually wouldn't mind getting him in for uh, Tino, but he plays quite late on Sunday, so I'd, it might be a gamble because he's not named. I'll get a bit stuck there. Mm, it is. Mate, Teague Wilton was one that you and I jumped on, uh, the Group 16 boy. Mate, 122 grand in two weeks. We, we did it on the... 
Um, you know, the assumption you'd get hopefully a couple of week, more weeks starting with Wade Graham out, Britton Nakora was out there, I think, the first week. Uh, and then the hope that, you know, maybe, you know, Supercoach will be a funny game. Something happens where he ends up keeping that spot. Mate, we've got our luck. He now has a break even of 17 and should play 80 again. He's got a massive base for a back rower. Um, mate, he's going to be looking at making, you know, potentially onwards of 200K. Maybe not quite that much, but uh, a massive win for Wilton owners. Yeah, I ate a couple of beers for that one. I was really on the fence <laughs> and I was actually probably leaning towards not getting Wilton just because, you know, you don't want to waste that trade if if Graham and Nakora are back the week after. But all of a sudden, he's looking at three straight starts, like you said. And more than that, he's looking like a very good footballer. So there's there's every chance he might even hold down a back row spot at Cronulla. He may go back to the bench if he can hold down a spot. Absolutely laughing. But um, yeah, go the legend, Tiggy Wilton. Yeah, and particularly with... Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen now out of action. We're going to be sort of scraping for another bench player on our sides. Um, not that you'd be scraping for Teague Wilton, but a really, really handy extra man to have to play in 17th this week. Ben Condon was the other one who made a stack of money last week. Negative 38 break even and has been named to starting him for the Cowboys. No Jason Tamalolo there. Obviously, Josh McGuire's moved on. So uh, Benny Condon looks like a good one. Spy, is Condon a guy you look to buy this week or have, have non-owners missed the boat? Uh, the ship has sailed, I would say. I mean, he's going to make a, a, a bit of cash, but he scored on consecutive weeks. Uh, I mean, it's possible he keeps doing that, but if he doesn't score, we know his, his scores aren't going to be that high, so he might have one more price rise in him. Uh, but I just think if, if you weren't on last week, wait for another cash cow or look elsewhere because, yeah, I don't know how solid his spot is and his work rate's not through the roof either, although I'm good on him for crashing over a couple of weeks running. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a case more of... Not so much the ship sailing. I think it'd still be a good. He'd still be a good buy. But when we've got guys looming like Jake Sim, Jake Simpkin, who could be one of the all-time uh, cheapies on early viewing, um, we've got uh, who's uh, Josh Curran at the Warriors, who looks like he could potentially be another cracker. Um, we just we're not forced to do it, and there, there's going to be other cheapies either this week, but probably more so for next week as well. Guys, Quantium have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Bay Playbook podcast this season. Adam DeRussi is the CEO and founder and a contributor for the website with an absolute belt of an article. Uh, pretty sure we've got him next week. I went went early on it last week and said he was on this week. I was a week off, but I think we've hopefully locked Adam in next week. Uh, pending work duties, but very excited to get him on because he's got some really insightful stuff to say in the Supercoach world. Quantium are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantium team today. Spy, our topic for the week, uh, which there were initially there was going to be a few more of us on deck to talk about, uh, but not to worry. Uh, it is by planning, talking about that origin period uh, and how we mo- manoeuvre that. And should we start thinking about it now? The answer is yes, we should. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a topic we're going to chat about every week for the next basically 10 weeks because it is so important. Um before I start with the buy planning, special reference to Danny Houghton from Hull FC, who broke the world record. I don't know if it was the world record or anything, but it's got to be close to it. Has to be. Tackles in a game for Hull FC, 85 tackles in the Super League overnight. Uh, the game did go to Golden Point, but Spy, I don't reckon you've made 85 tackles in your life. No, I probably only made 48, but I haven't missed any. Uh- <laughs> Just make good decisions, hit low. But 85 is unbelievable. <laughs> it's, um, wow, how good is that? Eh? Speaking of David Staggs, he, uh, he'd be proud yeah. of that one. He'd be the next he closest, would. him and Shawnee Fenson. Um, on to buy planning. <clears throat> the teams that play the round 13 buy, the Dragons, the Broncos, the Tigers, 
the Panthers, the Storm, the Titans, the Knights, and the Eels. Plenty of good targets to eye off. There's a lot of, in particular, uh, center wings that are bottoming out in price that are out and out guns who we can pick up pretty soon. Um, Spy, I've had a pretty good look at the buy period. Round 13, I think, uh, the way... The cheapies have landed so far. A lot of the mid-rangers, like your Jaden Braley's, Connor Watsons, etc., uh, they're starting to to peak, but look like they've been decent enough holds for round 13. Round 17 looks like the tough one. Round 13 doesn't look like it's going to be too hard to manoeuvre. We know origin selections can get in the way. Injuries will inevitably get in the way. Um, how, how's it shaping up for you at the moment? Yeah, sorry, mate. You've uh, you've nailed that there. Round, the first buy is a lot easier than um, the second by the looks of things. I mean... <clears throat> It's hard to look too far ahead because team lists can change and that moving forward. But it's pretty easy to prepare for that first buy. I think a lot of the a lot of the popular players are probably playing that first buy, and a lot of the decent super coach players this year aren't necessarily playing Origin either, which hasn't always been the case. So I went through and did a bit of a table last night of what I'm looking to do, um, a bit of an ideal sort of squad at this stage for the first buy, and then I haven't targeted specific players for the second buy, but I've just targeted who I'd be happy to trade out. <clears throat> At this stage, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll, I'll probably have 13 to 15 for the first buy, which is probably pretty good. Uh, I don't think you need to panic if you don't have that. Uh, but I think yeah, it's probably easier to look at the first and second buy as a whole. I think you probably want to have somewhere between like 25 and 27 players where possible across the two the two buy periods. So have a look at how your setup's looking um, and see what you're looking at just to get an idea of if you need to move early on some trades or and the like. But yeah, um, that first buy looks pretty juicy. If I can sort of get up to even 15 pending origin selection of guys like Jerome Luai and the like, um, that'd be great. And then the second buy, I've sort of got 12 penciled in, but that could easily come down to like <clears throat> even 10 if you get a few injuries. But yeah, if I could get sort of 14 and 12, get 26 across the two, something like that, I'd be laughing. Uh, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I'm sitting on at the moment with – like I've had an eye on it certainly um, and a lot of my 50-50 decisions have been aided by getting – sort of going with the player that will be playing that round 13 by. I'm sitting on about 10 to 12 players already, and that's quite effortless. And I say 10 to 12 because, you know, you throw in Brian Toto's, um, you know, Sean Laws, these kind of players who should be playing that week but may not be. Um, it's a little bit a little bit of mystery there. But 10 to 12 at the moment, which makes me think, and, and as you said, I like the collective approach to how, how many players you get over two bye weeks. Prior to, as you said, inevitable injuries, HIAs, rest, whatever, I'm hoping to maybe have, you know, 15, 16 for that first bye week, which then if I do happen to be a little bit short uh, for the second bye week at 10 or 11, as you said, you're still hitting that magic sort of 25 to 27 number across the two weeks. Um, you know, if you had a really strong numbers for the first bye week, you may be able to even save a trade or two uh, in between the two bye weeks. We've got 11 trades to use between round 13 and round 17. Uh, with the super bye week, I think it might be round 16 or something where you get five trades to use. Uh, in the past with that super bye week, I don't think I've used all five of them because that's a lot to use and, and your team would have to have a lot of issues to need to do that. But the option is there. Um, so, yeah, that's how I'm, I'm sitting on it at the moment, mate. What? Who, who are the targets that you're eyeing off leading into to round 13 bye week? <laughs> That's actually a really good question in that the hooker position, 
and 5'8 is so stacked that I've already got uh, Jaden Braley, Watson, Luai, and Schuster in there. Now, Schuster doesn't play the first buy, and Watson does. So if I want to bring in someone like a Jakey Simpkin next week who does play the buy, will make a bunch of cash, and looks to be scoring pretty decently, I've got to decide who I want to sell. I mean... I probably don't mind Schuster long-term. I really like him at 5'8", but Watson plays that first buy. So I'd prefer just to probably sell Schuster. And if, if that's one of my trades to bring him back as a backup 5'8", who also plays the second buy later on, then I'm happy to do that. Um, I haven't sort of targeted too many guys specifically just yet because I've kind of got most that I want. But one guy, I've, I spoke about him last week, and he knocked out another ton, is Reed Marnie. Um, I th- I'm thinking about moving Braley on to Marnie this week, um, which is a big call because Braley pays that that first buy as well, and he's playing super footy. But with Newcastle having a, a tough um, a tough sort of matchups coming up in the short term, I think it could be a little sort of semi point of difference play there. Uh, but in terms of specific players, I'll, I'll just get Simpkin in. I'll probably get Curran early and just sit him for the second buy and hope he holds his spot. Um, but yeah, I'll probably, I think it's probably a good discussion for weeks moving forward. Just got to have a look at who your team is at the moment. Um, lock in who, who you'd want for that first buy. And then I think I'll probably analyse over the next month or so who I really want for that first buy once we get close to origin. At the risk of infuriating a, a sick Des Creek, do you think, do you, do you not see Braley to Marnie as quite sideways? Because I know the store, uh, sorry, the Knights have a few tough games coming up. But before the buy, they have a couple of very nice games easing into that uh, that round thirteen buy. And I mean, Braley's a hooker who will make fifty to sixty tackles. Can jag an attacking stat. He's looking good. I rate the Knights. I think they had a couple of weeks there where they were just decimated by injuries, but they started well. They're coming good now. Um, I don't mind the Knights at all. And, and it, it looks a little bit sideways to me. Or do you just think Para playing well? There's just more attacking upside in Reed Marnie. It's one of them positions, mate, where I've just, as things have sort of gone my way the last couple of weeks, I've got a couple of luxury trades up the sleeve, and that's exactly what I'd call it. I just know how good Marnie's looking. He's running the ball a lot, probably more than Braley, just because he's getting a bit more space. Uh, he scores... Uh, sorry, he probably scores more tries, and I can sort of see Braley still probably averaging 65 or something up to the bye period, but I'm sort of hoping Braley might be able to average... 80, 85. I mean, he's averaging, I don't know what he's on at the moment, but he might be 90 plus. So I think it could just yeah. be that point of difference. And you know, it'll happen. It already happened last week. He scored 100, and I'm sitting there going, I could have used my luxury trade on him last week. I didn't. Now that Braley's maxed out in price, I'm just going to do it. It's the year of backing myself. So um, that's my answer, mate, on that one. Nice, mate. Yeah, a few that I'm targeting or eyeing off, I should more say, is uh, David Nofaluma, definitely, who's bottoming out nicely at a good time. Potentially Zach Lomax. I'm not sold on him. I'd like to see what the, the Dragons can do against a good Rooster side this weekend in a big game. Uh, TPJ, who we'll probably talk a little bit more later, is a, just a watch now. That he, he's played 80 minutes on the edge for the Broncos. And then Jerome Luai, if he doesn't get selected for Origin, he'll be an, a very, very popular player ahead of that round 13. But I'll be holding off on him at the moment as a Cody Walker owner. Bradman Best, a massive one. Uh, and then... Either by that time, um, Isaiah Papali'i or Ryan Madison with Para playing that round 13, I'll be eyeing off them as well. Uh, I do like Bradman Best a lot though, um, but again, after the Knights finish their sort of tough run. Tough run. 
Yeah, it's a good point on Madison. If he's uh, back in action, cheaper, and potentially not playing Origin there, he uh, he could be a huge buy. The other one is my boy Brian Kelly. He didn't have a great one last week, and he still managed to score 34 or something in a badly beaten side. My only concern around Kelly is that he's got David Fafita inside him, which sounds like a lovely thing, except every time David Fafita touches it, he pretty much scores or line breaks himself. So mm. I'd actually prefer Fafita on the other side for Kelly because he can just get good, clean ball then. Um, but you, you look up on your left if you're a half and you've got David Fafita outside you, are you how many how many cutout balls are you going to throw to, John, uh, to Brian Kelly when you've got the big fella on your left? That concerns me a little bit, but I just I do love Brian Kelly. So he's a big target of mine. Possibly moving someone like Charlie Staines on, who will play that round thirteen by. But as we know, could could score you twelve or fourteen points. Uh, but yeah, something to look at there. Yeah, um, just a quick question from Finau. Apologies for pronunciation. Um, and it, it's a good question. How do you guys prepare for the buys and origin? Well, we've answered that. He says, how would you prepare differently as a head-to-head player versus an overall player? And it's a great question because it's so, so relevant uh, and it's a trap that probably more rookie players could fall into. And we do encourage head-to-head questions on this show. Um, so please, if you have like uh, content ideas for articles or topics on the podcast and you're a head-to-head player, let us know because uh, we'll tend to, to focus probably on the overall race a little bit um, too much at times and, and we can sort of forget about the head-to-heads. Um, so Spy, on that one, if you're a head, I know you're an overall player, as am I. How would you prepare differently as a head-to-head player for that buy period? Yeah, well, I used to play head-to-head solely for, for many a year before I sort of going to the overall route. Um, easy thing to do is check who your, your fixtures are in your main leagues. Say you've got a cash league or something. Check who you're playing round 13. And they might only have like five or six guys that play the week, which means you know you're going to bank the two points. You don't have to use trades to beat them. Or on the flip side, if you're playing someone that's absolutely peppering with buy players, maybe you just save all your trades, cop cop the loss that week, and then you've saved a bunch of trades. Say, for example, there's only two buy periods, right? And if you save a bunch of trades, you might cop two losses, but in the grand scheme of the season, you might have like 10 or 12 extra trades up your sleeve. That's got to be beneficial come finals time. So that's how I'd probably attack it. And if you can sneak one or two wins over that, that buy period, then you're laughing. Uh, the other thing is, which relates to both head-to-head and but more so overall, is you have to remember that trades are important because come the end of the second buy, if you've got four or five guys who you want to get back into your side, you're going to need those trades and you've got to check how many you'll then have left over, which is why I think it's really important not to overcook the, the buy planning. So for the second buy, I've got like, I'd be happy with 12 guys and then there's sort of three blokes like at the moment I've got Tedesco, Pappenhausen, Cleary, Luai if he gets named. Um, all four of those blokes I can just keep. Crichton, David Fafita, they'll all play Origin. But rather than having to use a trade to trade them out and get them back in, which could be like 12 by the time you do that with all those boys, you can just cop a little bit of a hit in the buys and then be stacked with trades and catch up those points pretty quickly. So can't answer two questions in one there. But yeah, for the for the head-to-head, just conserve those trades if you can because they'll come in pretty handy. And if you lose one week, I don't think it really matters, does it? Yeah, well said, mate. And just to reinforce your thoughts, um, you know, if you if you are a head-to-head solely player, don't be afraid to take the hit. Don't don't scrap to get big numbers because it's not worth it to win that one week of head-to-head when you can set your team up for the rest of the year. Don't tear your side apart. Uh, but yeah, I think the spies nailed it pretty well there. Uh, On to our top sport punting plays of the week. Just checking the leaderboard. 
Um, thankfully, it's just yourself and me on at the moment, Spy, because you're up 47.50. I'm up 46.50. Uh, Desi and Walsh are both down marginally this year so far. Although, in Walsh's uh, final word column that comes out of a Thursday afternoon, he does his punting plays in that, which are a little bit easy because we have a bit more time to assess team news and whatnot. Da, da, da. Uh, he had Nathan Cleary last try score at $16, so he did nail that. Thankfully for for the leaderboard, um, it doesn't continue, count into that one. So he's still down, which means myself and the Spy are still up. The Spy's just got me. Um, as for our Friday previews uh, that I've been doing uh, of a, to get them out there for the weekend plays, we're striking at 130% ROI, return in investment at the moment. So doing really well there. Um, so if you do want to follow our tips, all market and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If you are joining up, use the code SC Playbook when you do so. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Spy, what have you got for us this week? This week, I've gone to a couple of tried and tested methods. It didn't actually happen last week, but I think Penrith to cover the line against Newcastle, they they often struggle a little bit against Brisbane, which I didn't quite realise when I said the line last week. Uh, and well done to Brisbane, by the way, for really turning up and having a crack. They weren't far from knocking off the Petty Panthers last, last weekend. But this week, I think Penrith to bounce back, uh, if you can say that, even though they rarely lose, and cover the line against Newcastle. I think it might be about 16 and a half. I think they'll do it. Knights are a little bit flaky at the moment, and Penrith, you know, they can hit you anywhere. And I think Melbourne to cover line, the line against the Warriors on Anzac Day. Um, Pappenhausen being out hurts that, but I'll stick with it. I do love my boy Nico Hines. And so that's not paying huge money. So I'm going to add on the Tigers um, just to win outright uh, against – I've gone blank. Who have they got? <laughs> they, Tigers have got um... – Sunday Arvo. Um... Yeah, anyway, whoever they're playing, I'll back them to win. And that the multiple. Seagulls. They're, yeah, they're the oh, underdogs against the Seagulls. Yeah, they're playing pretty good money because – I oh, know, I didn't I mean, mind it either. Yeah, Manly uh, obviously bounced back last week, but um, Tigers played really well as well against South. They were dead unlucky. What a finish to that one. Uh, I was up on the lounge cheering that one home. It was all happening. Uh, but, yeah, about, <laughs> about nine and a half uh, for that multi. So Penrith and Melbourne cover the line into Tigers to win outright, mate. Nice, mate. Uh, I'm playing mine very plain, Jane, um, because basically my Tuesday afternoons is, is spent preparing for the podcast and getting things in order and getting the teams out there. So I haven't sort of had a great time to have a look at it. Uh, I did have it as a multi um, with Melbourne in it as well, but Pappenhausen being out does scare me a little bit. Uh, and just how big that Anzac Day game is, um, I think Melbourne should win very well against the Warriors, but the Warriors also have a lot out this week. Um, but, you know, they'll get up for that, or they should get up for that game. No Pappenhausen. Stayed away from it. What I have done is um, I've gone for the Roosters. The line in the Roosters-Dragons, I know the Jags have been all right this year and, and won some good games of footy. They're sitting in the top eight. But the line's only four points um, to get sort of $1.90, two bucks there for the Roosters. Um, so I'm just going to go straight and whack my, my $10 on the Roosters there to win that. Straight in. Uh, try try get ahead of me narrowly in the leaderboard if mine doesn't come off. Exactly right. I get up. I'm back to number one. Then I can go looking a little bit more leery at my options. Spy, let's get stuck into the hot topics of the week. Uh, and the first one I want to ask you, which we've asked for about three weeks in a row now, remains relevant. Um, has has the ship sailed on James Tedesco as a sell? He's now dropped to 689K. That's uh, about 150K down on, on what he was not that long ago, sorry, over 200, about 200K on what he was a month ago, break even of 155. Is the option still there to sell Teddy or at 689K with a pretty nice run coming up for the Roosters? Um, have we missed it? What's that? 
Oh, sorry, have we missed it? <laughs> um, you ended the question abruptly and threw me. Um, look, if there's two factors here, my answer is going to be: I think you shouldn't sell Tedesco, but it's it's looking trickier by the week because Roosters just keep losing guys, so their team's sort of getting weaker and weaker. Mm. And as we know, good good fullbacks rely on that go forward and you know a bit of momentum and possession to do well. Um, they struggled last week, and Sammy Walker, he, he cuts out a lot. Um, Kiri and Hutchinson and Lamb, they all play short to Tedesco a lot, and he gets involved, whereas Walker just naturally loves to go long. Uh, I think Robinson will address that this week, and you might see Teddy involved in the action more and probably Sammy Walker just to be mixing up his game a bit more. So that gives me hope that, you know, it's a new combination, as we speak about all the time. It's going to take time to develop. Uh, he's a class player, Walker, so I can't see them going too bad. I'm just having a quick look at his upcoming fixtures. So if he was to average 65 over the next three weeks, he would lose another 100 grand, but 65 for Teddy is pretty low over a three-week period, including Saints and Newcastle, and then he goes into, after the para game, Cowboys, Broncos. So... I think I don't want to cop that loss personally. He's lost, what, $154,000. I wouldn't want to be selling him now. Um, if Ponga had a better run, I actually would probably sell to Ponga. Uh, but he doesn't. It's tricky. And whilst I still think he'll be good, it's a very, very hard run for Newcastle over the next month. And as for Tommy Trevojevic, I've... I pray with everything I've got that he gets through the season or he has a few minor setbacks that aren't too severe perhaps, but I just can't have him in my super coach side. I've done it before. He's rarely lasted more than two matches in a row over the last couple of years. We know how good he is. He's a freak. Uh, but I couldn't handle the double dagger of both seeing Tommy go down, which will hurt me regardless, and having him in my side. I just can't do it to myself emotionally, so he's out for me. <laughs> um, but I genuinely mean that in terms of he just hasn't got through games. Reports coming out of camp aren't that great. He, you know, he had his pre-season injury setback. Is he really going to get through to origin for you? I don't know. And you're going to have to use a trade to get him in, then a trade to get him out if that happens. It's a gamble. I know Desi's going to take it. He's a manly man. I've, if you want to do it, he could explode. He's just so good. He just changed that whole side on the weekend, but I just can't do it with injury history personally, mate. And, I mean, that's the other thing as well. If Tommy Turbo does get through to even, say, Origin and, and you know, last six to eight weeks, um, it also means, you know, surely Manly, I know they're probably not going to be sitting in the eight or anything, but um, Desi's going to rest him at stages over Origin because if he's fit and he's played, you know, six, seven games in a row, he'll be playing probably, what, centre for Origin for the Blues. Yeah. Um, means he'll miss the second bye week and the first bye week. Mike at rest on top of it. It's just, you know, they're going to have to manage him from what we've seen in the past. Um, I'm with you, mate. Good luck to those who want to jump on. Um, and as far as, it's just a joy to watch him in full flight and fit and healthy. So while it'll be a hard watch as a non-owner, it'll be one of the better watches just for seeing Tommy Turbo at his best and fit and healthy. Um, I'm with you. If I was trading Teddy, which I won't be, but again, I can understand it. It'd be to Ponga. Um, but with Newcastle's draw, I just... As good as Ponger is, they gee, they have a tough run of games coming up. They've got what the Panthers, the Roosters, the Raiders. Then it eases off with the Tigers, the Cowboys, Seagulls. So uh, not for me at this stage. On the note of the Knights, um, Spy, you mentioned before that you'd be looking at luxury trading him maybe to read Marnie ahead of round 13. So the Knights play round 13. 
I'm looking at trading Connor Watson as soon as this week to accommodate Jake Simpkin. Uh, is Connor Watson a hold or a sell at, to 13 for you? A very reluctant sell potentially to Jake Simpkin, but I'll probably sell Schuster just because Watson's got the buy and Schuster doesn't first up. Uh, the thing about Watson as well, they spoke in the preseason about potentially him playing upwards of 80 minutes. Mm. Now, even if he plays 70 in that role, he could go mad. And my understanding is he wasn't well last week. He, him and Ponga were, were both crook. So he started the game, then came off for a spell in the second half. Maybe he plays 80 when he's feeling better. If he's playing 80, tell you what. He's a hold yeah. and a half. He's a keeper for the season. So that's why I think Schuster's the sell if you own him and can do that. Um, as good as Schuster is, he sort of probably gets – he just gets a bit less footy on that left edge. And, oh, they're both guns. I wouldn't really want to sell either of them, to be honest. But there's just a plethora of options. So I think I'd sell Schuster over Watson. I'd try to keep Watson. But if you absolutely have to get Jape Simpkin – if you can afford to bypass it, I'd nearly bypass it. But, yeah, it's it's probably one of them ones. You might just have to get rid of him, wouldn't you, at that stage, if that's yeah. around the option. And as I said, it's very early days this week, but I'm looking at prob- maybe selling Watson. Schuster, negative eight break even, and 93 in his rolling out. So he's got some serious more money to be, na- to be made. Um, Connor Watson has a break even of 59. He dropped a bit of money this week. Uh, it was only about $1,000, but um, – I think Simpkin is an absolute must-have. He played 80 minutes last week, 82 minutes actually. He had 58 in base. He's bottom dollar and he plays round 13. I don't think there's two ways around it. I mean, I know even a few weeks ago, people didn't go Schuster, which now looks silly, but um, you know there was a bit of reason for it, mate. I don't see how you can't have Jake Simpkin in your team. On top of that, he had something like eight tries in New South Wales Cup this season, so there's obviously attacking upside there. The Tigers have a dream run going into that bye. Um, mate, I, I don't see how you can't own him. Uh, no, that, maybe not this week, but next week. Yeah, and that's that's fair enough. Uh, as I said, I'll be getting him in, but it's just hard to know who to sell. Um, the only proviso yeah. would be that he may not keep playing 80. Uh, maybe Little comes bit back and splits a bit of time. Uh, he's only like 19, so Madge might want to dial him back a little bit as a long-term sort of look at things. Um, but even then, he'll be he'll make you good cash. Um, and if he keeps playing 80, that's the dream, isn't it? And, mate, is it is it ditto for Josh Curran if he plays 80 again this week? Played played 80 minutes on the weekend at 203K, 68 in base, 77 points. Uh, again, named to start for the Warriors again this week who have had a lot of injury troubles. Um, if you know if he plays 80 this week, it, will he be a must-have? And would you go early or do you need to have another look? If you want to go early, you can. Um, I guess we won't really know long-term if he's going to hold his spot, given the Warriors' injuries, but given his basement price, there's got to be someone there on your bench you can get rid of, whether it's a Teague-Wilton downgrade or mm. I've got a, a non-player there in Tukey Simpkins sitting there. So I'll, I'll happily go Simpkins, that's Tukey, um, to Curran next week. And then if he happens to lose his spot, at least you've probably got a few weeks of good points and 150 grand out of him at the very least uh, with the potential for what 400k or something and a serious prospect who would also play the second buyer so yeah he's a great option yeah Isaiah Papali'i is just the gift that keeps on giving for owners of which I'm not one of them Desi Creek to his credit got on him pretty cheap when he was in the 400s Uh, he's just gone whack whack and made over 200k in no time at all 
He has a three-round average of 110 points. Um, this week has been named to start in the back row again. Ryan Madison named in the extended squad on the bench. Mate, who knows what's happening there? Um, like, I'm so torn. I-, I won't be buying him, but I'm so torn on him because I, I just think, he, well, A, he's at an absolute premium price at the moment, but he's still got the negative break even. Maddo's still lingering there. Um, mate, what's your take on Papali, who's, who's again a popular buyer this week? This could be the hardest question of the season. Uh, all my natural instincts say don't buy him because he's he's sort of got up there in price now. You might have missed the points. He scored four tries in three games, all with line breaks. Um, so his base is solid, but you've got Maddo lurking on the bench. Does he suddenly come in on the weekend if you've already bought him and relegate Papali to the bench? I'd, you'd think it'd be very hard for him to do that, just the way. Does Sean Lane in. get relegated? Well, that that was my chat last weekend in in our little group chat there. If I was Brad Arthur, I would play Madison right edge, Papali'i left edge, and that'd be my team. But obviously, there's some love for Sean Lane there, and he's a very solid footballer as well. But tell you what, eighty from those both those blokes, and you can use Lane at your disposal off the bench or whatever it needs to be. I think he might even hold his spot. They got a good run coming up. They play the bye. Oh. Goodness, I just don't know if I can buy him because if he goes back to 50 minutes and averaging, what, even 60, it's probably not that bad, is it? Um, but he could average 55, 60. I might have talked myself into looking at him a, a bit more over the next few days and maybe that's my luxury trade this weekend because he is a front rower as well. What do you think, mate? I'm, I really don't know on this one. It's just tricky. Well, you nailed it late there, and that's the fact that he's dual front row, second row. If it was only in the second row, I'd just be like, oh, you know, there's there's other good back row options, but we're looking for another gun front, well, a gun front row, because the options are pretty limited at the moment, and we'll get to that more in a minute. But I just, I mean, the thing about it is if you do buy him with a negative break even, he's still probably going to make another 60, 70-odd K, and, you know, worst case scenario, he goes back to the bench, plays 50 minutes, averages 50, 60, you can sell him for seven hundred grand in two or three weeks. It's not ideal, but you know it's certainly not the end of the world if you do. And the upside is, well, we've seen the upside the last three weeks where he scored four tries. So, look, I'm not going to buy him. Uh, and again, I'm happy with how my squad is shaped up financially wise. My squad value is quite good. I've nailed a lot of these cheapies in sort of Condon and Wilton and a few others. So, money, I don't think it's going to be an issue, but. Far out, he's playing some good footy at the moment. So it's, it's a tough one. Um, and, mate, sticking on that front row forward replacement, that's where we're all looking at the moment. Tino Vasu Malawi out for two weeks suspended. Real big blow, uh, especially as he's sort of bottoming out in price and been pretty crooked the last couple of weeks. Mate, the way I see it, having already spoken at Papali'i, I think it becomes a race in two, potentially three, because I know there's a guy you're eyeing off a little bit, but... I think you go to the most proven front row in the game in Payne Haas, who's dropped 30-odd K, break-even of 98 or so, which is achievable this week. Uh, Brisbane looking good. Um, so you can go up to Payne Haas or Matty Lodge, who played 39 minutes for a stack of points on the weekend and, and looks pretty solid as well with a lot of money to be made. I think you go up or you go down. And, I mean, mate, the other guy you're looking at is Luke Thompson from the Bulldogs. Yeah, a little half-eye on Thompson. I don't know enough of his history to know if he's going to prove to be a good buy. And in saying that, he also, excuse me, doesn't play the first buy period, which is, if he did, I think I'd be happy to jump on and ride him up to that. Um, Clemmer's another one, just quietly. He's had a really down two weeks, but he's a proven 
a proven yeah. rock star in the past. Uh, they play the first buy if he doesn't make Origin, which he, I sense he probably won't. Um, who were the two guys you mentioned? Sorry, you had Lodge obviously as a downgrade. Um, Lodge and Haas. I mean, Haas is the <laughs> obvious one for me. Yeah, I've got Haas in at the moment um, as my. I just sort of do a trade on like a Tuesday or Monday night to see where I'm looking. He was my first pick at the moment. Um, I might have taught myself into Papalihi now and see if he can hold that edge spot, um, given he plays the buy and his break-evens minus 10. They're two big factors for me. And I've got a bunch of trades. I've managed to save a few, so maybe I do go Papalihi. Um, what are your thoughts on Tavita Pengai? That's the other one. Oh, <clears throat> playing I in my squad break mm. down the last couple of weeks on Pengai. It's just it's unbelievable how for such – Obscure reasons he finds his way out of Supercoach relevance every year. There's always a week, <clears throat> often multiple times during the season, where you think, Tavita Pango, got to get him in, how good does he look, da-da-da. You know, this year he opened the year 79-182. Whether it's um, due to injury, whether it's due to suspension and disciplinary reasons, whether it's the coach benching him and playing him for 30 minutes and 42 minutes, which he did the last two weeks prior to this week, and then all of a sudden he gets 80 minutes this week on the edge, but also scores 61 with a try. Um, look, he's bottom or he's break-even of 89, so he's sort of almost bottomed out at 526K. We need a front rower, but there always happens to be an issue with Tavita Pangua Jr., and I can't go near him because of it, despite his upside. Yeah, I've never been someone who would go near him either. I guess the month I've had, I'm feeling a little bit buoyed with confidence, and maybe I'm being silly. <laughs> but um, he's stuck. He's on that edge now. He played 80 last week. I tend to ignore matches against Penrith and Melbourne um, just because they're so good defensively. Yeah, um, so do I. He, um, I had a look. Last year on the edge, he averaged, if he, per 80 minutes, he averaged about 65. Um, so he's not as prolific as he is in the middle, but if he gets more minutes, obviously, when he's on the edge there. He's young. He should get better. The Broncos are better than last year. So I think there's real upside there. Uh, but if you do take him and say I decide to take him, I'll need to be aware that I may have to trade him out at some stage soon if things don't go his way. So he's probably the upside risk play, but it certainly could come off you at that price. But, um, yeah, there's a few options there. It's a real, real tricky run this weekend as to where I actually land and a few others because it's hard. And maybe you just lock in Haas because it's a proven gun. You get six weeks out of him for Origin. Is he a, is he a certainty for Origin, do we think? Um, he's not a certainty, no. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll probably be there, but he's not a certainty. Maybe no. he misses and then you're laughing. So, yeah, um, probably something to come back to later in the week and I'll, I'll have a chat about it on Twitter and the forum and maybe we can get one of us to have a chat about it in the subscriber special as well. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's the big question of the week, that's for sure. Definitely, yeah. Uh, just on Luke Thompson, I, I, I'm not sure I'd call him a trap, but I don't see him doing too much. He, he's averaging 53 minutes so far in two games this year. He averaged 54 last year. Um, his base was only okay last year. His base is only okay this year. He had bugger all attacking stats to his name this year. Scored a try in round one. Um, in that doggies outfit, um, unless he gets extra minutes with Jack Hetherington missing five weeks, I just think there's better options. I mean, even Tavita Pangal that we just spoke about, for 70K more with his upside playing 80 minutes, I'd be doing that for sure. Spy Sammy Walker, uh, he flopped last week against the Storm, which I put a complete line through. Melbourne just decimated. They were just far too good. Shouldn't say they were far too good for the Roosters. They just they just controlled the game so well. The ruck speed was so slow that it was it was very impressive in what was 
a scrappy game by both team standards, but the defense by both team standards was exceptional. Um, and yeah, I put I put a line through Sammy's score last weekend, and there was no way I was ever playing him last week. Is Sammy Walker in your seventeen this week? And if TKO does miss, uh, I assume he'd probably be goal kick, kicking. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I think he'll goal kick as well, mate. Um, pending TKO, who they said he had like a, a cracked rib or something last week, and it yeah. was in an uncomfy place. So. In, in saying that, the Roosters need to regain some form, so maybe that's why they might push him through with some painkillers and the like. But, yeah, Sammy wasn't in my 17 until today. With Pappy um, not playing, I just slot him straight in as my fourth reserve. I'm happy to do it against Saints. Uh, we've seen Over Wilton? Uh, well, I've already got Wilton. So I was originally playing Wilton over Walker. Um, but now I'm happy to play Walker. What did he score? 81, 89, the first two matches. Uh, he's got a sunny game, potentially goal kicking. We know he's got a 30 in him, uh, but your fourth reserve this week for a lot of people probably will have that in them because uh, it is a bit of a, a decimated weekend of team lists. So I'm happy to play him, mate, and hope he explodes again. Yeah, I've seen some seriously decimated squads this week. I've avoided it pretty well. Um, again, Pappenhausen out isn't ideal, but... Anyone who's going half good has Pappenhausen in their team, so not a huge worry. Um, <clears throat> mate, the one that I'm probably on the fence a little bit with, and, and I am I think I'll probably stick by him, but it's Dane Laurie who is starting to peak in price. He has scored the last three weeks um, in a Tigers outfit who, to their credit, were a lot better uh, on the weekend against the Bunnies, but who you'd be looking to sell, but he's solid enough and a safe enough play in, in 17s to hold him through to that round 13 and then sell? Or would you be tempted to move him on to maybe a team mate like Nofaluma or Zach Lomax before that round? No, I think he's a definite hold. His work rate's really good. Uh, he finds way to, ways to score points, and they're yet to figure out how to use him inside the attacking red zone. He's, they, don't, yeah. they don't use him. He doesn't sweep. He he sort of plays that support play, but I think moving forward as combinations develop, surely he's going to start to see it getting a little bit more in there. So I think he's almost at sort of his floor, if you like. I think he's definitely got improvement in him. Um like I'll either hold him for the year as a backup centre or potentially sell him after the buy, just depending how things are looking. Uh, we know Tigers have a reasonable schedule coming up as well, so it'll be interesting to see how he can go there. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's a hold for me, mate. Yeah, and it is that upcoming schedule that's probably the determining factor for me. Games against Manly, the Dragons, the Titans, the Knights, the Warriors, and then the Dragons. Um, so with that, I mean, his base is only 27. His base isn't that good, but... He also has a low score of 47 this year, so he looks a pretty a pretty safe hold there, even if we do sort of stack our centre wings in the next few weeks. He might not necessarily be a play in 17s each week, but again, with the draw, he does look pretty safe there. Um, Dane Lowe, and I'm with you. I'm, I was really, as much as I rate him as a footballer, I was sceptical of his ball-playing ability, and I just I hate in the modern-day game, fullbacks, as good as they are, as good as their support players, as quick as they are, whatever, ones that um, don't sweep out the back well and don't have that final touch on the end of a backline play. Um, and despite making grand finals the last two years, I'm thinking Dylan Edwards, uh, I'm thinking um, Buddy Chance, Nickel Clockstab, both fantastic footballers. I thought maybe Laurie, granted very young, might be the same. I can't remember who the game was against, but I saw Laurie throw one cracker of a ball, uh, one game that just went, oh, maybe he does have it in him um, and can certainly build on that. So Laurie, yeah, gee, he looks impressive. But I think it's a good point you make. I don't know if they've worked out how to use him properly in that back line. 
Yeah, that's it. Um, from the little bit I've seen of him passing, which isn't much, he seems to struggle a little bit on the run with his left to right um, out to that right edge, but he throws a decent short ball and he might be able to throw it right to left. So we'll just have to see how it unfolds over the next month. Also, I want to note that he does tackle bust a fair bit. Um, I think he averages somewhere around five tackle busts a game, four or five. So that's another 10 you can add to his base. Um, so yeah, I certainly don't mind him at this stage, mate. <clears throat> Mate, the last one I want to touch on in the hot topics this week. Oh, and I'm really tempted to do it. I just I'm, I'm thinking maybe I've got other issues or a little spot fires to put out first. But Satili Tupanua is 340 grand this week, which is so cheap in um, an albeit slightly decimated Roosters outfit. But they're still a good football side. There's still good footballers around him. We've seen how good Sammy Walker is uh, in the early stages of his career. In his four 80-minute games this year, he's averaging 65 points. He had to cut the tries in the first two rounds off the back of Luke Keary and when they were at, at a more strength side. They do have Sam Verrills back this week, who's massive for the Roosters. He's a terrific little footballer and uh, has had his injury woes in the past. Mate, 340K. Unfortunately, the Roosters don't play round 13, but does Tupanura interest you? He does now. I didn't realise he was that cheap. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's injury-affected, injury so you know you're getting it at getting him at a discount. Um, and something I would mention on the buyers, it's not all about that first buy. I know I keep talking about that's my preference for certain guys when it's a tiebreaker, but if you want to get someone like Satili Tupanua now at a cheap price, you can just sort of lock him in, make him, let him make your money, use him as required, and then he'll be sitting there available for your second buy, probably more expensive than you can sell him on to hopefully a keeper after that. Um, yeah, I'll have to have a good look at him and see – how he's looking there. What's um? I'll just check his break even quickly. See if I sort of need forty-seven. To get so it's forty-seven. So you can even have a look this week. See how they yeah. look, um, and then maybe great buy in the next week or two. Absolutely. Good call. Ha- having had that concussion uh, back in round four against the Warriors, and uh, maybe the smart play is just to give him that one more week, uh, and then what that may mean you'd have to do is you might have to pull the trigger a little bit early on Simpkin or Curran. Um, but yeah, geez, looks all right. And if you Mate, do, uh, anyone else you wanted to touch on before we move on from hot topics, I was going to mention, if you do pull the trigger early on someone, uh, pending break evens and who you're selling, I'd get Jake Simpkin before I'd get Curran just because Definitely. Simpkin's locked into that role. You'd think uh, moving forward, Curran, we don't quite know what's going to happen at the Warriors. So just give him another week if you can. Um, the only other thing, I just sort of want to skip back a bit to something we mentioned earlier with my trade from Braley to Marnie. Um, in my little analysis that I've done for myself moving forward, I'd actually have Marnie as a keeper. So that's why it's appealing to me. He plays the first buy. He could well be a keeper alongside someone like Harry Grant. Um, so that's sort of a bit of extra appeal. If you're going to make a trade, it may be a little bit sideways potentially on paper, but if you can lock in a keeper who's playing the first buy and score your mass points, that's the allure for me. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, the fact that, yeah, bang, you've gone, you see him as a keeper, you know, allays all fear of it being a, a sideways trade. It's definitely not, um, and you might be right because he's on fire. Um, mate, let's get stuck into our bold predictions for the week. And we'll recap last week's quickly. Um, Spy, you had Paul Momorowski, 90-plus, which was a fail. Tino Fasua Malawi, 80-plus, fail. Mitchie Barnett, 85-plus, was a tick. Uh, not overly bold, but, again, I'll give it to you. 
wins a win, which is pretty rare in our bold prediction. So we're, we're not in a position to sort of turn them down. And Brian Totto, 130-plus, well, I think we all sort of went pretty heavy on the Panthers this week and, and we all got flopped on it due to the Broncos turning up for that one. Desi had Paps and Teddy to go sub-135. That's a tick and a pretty damn good one at that, although very tough game they had. Bailey Simonson, a try and 70-plus fail. Cleary, 150-plus fail. Wasn't far off the mark. Walsh, Toto and Burton, 200-plus fail. He had Josh Schuster, 80-plus, nailed that. And Val Holmes, 90-plus, nailed that. So Walsh was on song last weekend. I had Caelan Ponga to set Barnett up for a try um, off his off his right foot, popping short. Pulled that one off and then Barnett to go 90-plus in the same game. Brian Toto, 120-plus, fail. Cody Walker, 110-plus, that was a fail. Um, what have you got for us this week, mate? I just want to check. Did Ponga definitely come off his left foot? Because it sounds like it could be a fail, even though he's no, right foot. Right foot? Yeah, okay, okay. Um, it was good <laughs> to see him link up, though. Jeez, that was nice. Um, okay, admittedly, I have been a little bit unbold in the last week or so, just because I was on a bit of a run and I'm a bit superstitious, so I don't like ruining momentum. But now I've had a bludger with the bolds, I can get back into having a proper crack. So <laughs> let's have a look here. I think Reed Marnie. I'll back my boys 105 plus just to keep his super season going. Cleary and Luai, I'll stick with my boys again. 230 plus is that is that bold enough together? That's a lot of points. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Uh, and Cam Munster, I think he's due first ton of the season. I don't think he's got one yet. I don't own him, but I think he might be due for a, for a ton, especially without uh, without Pappy in play there. Yeah, I think no Pappy's massive, um, as you said. I mean, he, he should kick goals in that game as well, which is huge. A pretty decimated Warriors outfit. The more we talk about it, the more I actually like the Melbourne to cover that line. Um, but yeah, not not bad at all. I'm going to go Cody Walker to fire without Latrell Mitchell there. I think we've spoken about it off air a little bit. And he just, uh, in the back end of last year, when there was no Latrell Mitchell in that side due to injury, he was just sweeping both sides. And I think he's just so much capable of getting so many more uh, try assists. Uh, running that sweep line for the Bunnies. So Cody won 30-plus. Fergie Ferg's had a pretty tough couple of weeks scoring-wise. He's gone sub-50 both games, but his base has been immense. Backing him to bounce back with Dylan Brown back in the side is the big one. I didn't expect anything from him with Will Smith playing the right edge, which just took away all his attacking opportunity and all his space. Uh, a double and 100-plus against the Broncos up in Darwin. Payne Haas, 110-plus, is going to remind us why he's the best front row in Supercoach very quickly. Uh, he's going to have an absurd amount of points in base, and and he might even jag a try yeah, to send him above that 110-plus for us. So hopefully that's bold enough for Desi Creek, who blows up each week. Mate, you're round seven trades and skippers. What are you looking at? Yeah, so this week, mate, uh, I've got to deal with the Tino uh, suspension. I'm actually a little bit annoyed he got suspended because I think a lot of people would have held him and he's just been sort of struggling for points lately. So I was going to sell him anyway. Uh, but obviously he's a move on now to whether it's Haas or one of the other boys we spoke about. Do I go Papali'i? I'll have to make a decision there. I'm sort of leaning towards that there, just sort of backing his momentum there. We'll see. The other one... Depending on Momorowski at the judiciary tonight, that would force me to play Charlie Staines. Although, uh, depending who plays right centre for Penrith this week, if Momorowski's out, that could help Staines just quietly. Um, just more of a ball player. True. Maybe it is Burton. So that would help Staines a lot. Um, so he could go off, which wouldn't worry me too much. Um, I think I'll probably go Braley Tamani. I think I'll stick with it. 
Um, I'll save my my next trades with Simpkin and Curran for next week um, and just get into what I see as guns to go from there. Vice captain and captain, I'll probably stick with the Penrith boys, Luai or Nathan Cleary. I think just with Cleary's base and goal kicking, he's the play. Uh, we saw it last week. He's averaging 100 without really exploding yet this season. Uh, Luai's probably got that crazy game in him where he scores two tries and sets up five. Uh, but I think I'll just be slightly conservative and hope Cleary can get me another 95 or so, uh, if not more, as my captain Thursday night and get it locked and loaded. Mm, nice, mate. I'm uh, <clears throat> very much pondering my trades at this this week still, but... I'm thinking potentially the, the bit of an antipod play to go early on Connor Watson. Um, and, you know, a bloke who, while I don't wish injury upon anyone, has had a terrible run of injuries in the last few years. So maybe an antipod on Watson, going early on Simpkin, who I'm very happy to play in my 17 uh, this week and going forward. And then Tino to Payne Haas, who in a week where I'm uncertain about, you know, front rowers and I've partnering them with Junior Paula, who's just hit the skids in the front row, I just need something um, assured in the front row. It's it's normally the easiest position to bank a safe 50, 60 points this year, not so much. Uh, so Payne has big chance coming into my team. It also will free up a bit of cash for me to to get David Fafida into my team in the next couple of weeks. Skippers, oh, unsure on this, but VC, Cody, Walker, Captain, Teddy. I just think Sunday Arvo, big game, Anzac Day, lots of people going off Teddy, lots of people selling Teddy. Um, I think he, again, much like Payne House, he'll just remind people why he's the best fullback in Supercoach, uh, give or take Pappenhausen at the moment, uh, with a big, big score there. Uh, the idea of Teddy as a pod skipper against the Dragons, very exciting to me. Yes, Teddy. Spy, let's look into a few questions, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, really good question, uh, one from Jeff Potts. Great show, guys. What is your minimum VC score before you'd consider looping, particularly with the unknown of what your C may get and your AE? Um, and so obviously there's a few factors that come into that each week, but Spy is a general guy. What what are you looking at? I used to be around 100. I'd start looking at it. Um, it's probably now 110 minimum for me, but I've, I always tend to get burnt if I loop. Uh, so I'm really like put off it. Um, depending, there's two factors. You, you want to consider who your bench is with your auto emergency and who your skipper is that you're dropping. So if you've got like a Pappenhausen against the Bulldogs or someone, then I wouldn't want to be looping at all, even though I did the other week. That score was 121 I looped on and it burnt me. So I think 120 minimum, depending on your captains. Otherwise, you'd probably get away with 105, 110, depending on the week. Mm, yep. Oh, I'm... Been looking at it more and more, and and under the the new game, the new rules, these bigger individual supercoach scores, we're seeing it's changed um, in recent years big time because it's so easy for people to go one fifty plus. And I think you're right, but um, there's two factors. There's there's those big individual scores that we need to consider, but there's also the HIAs that are becoming more and more frequent, and they're they're such a fear for captains. But um, let's say there's not a Pappy versus Bulldogs or you know a Teddy versus Cowboys type game. Um, and the other captaincy options are only okay. I'm I'm thinking that that ceiling has bumped up to about 120, maybe even 125. Um, and I'm with the spy. If there's a game where they just look super one-sided, um, you'd be looking at probably you'd want 130 plus to be looping. 
Um, what do you reckon, Spy? Yeah, I just think exactly that. You've got to really look at the schedule for the weekend. If if the big guns have tough matchups and you've got 105 or something under your belt, then maybe you do take that. But any time they've got a, a matchup where they could go bananas, yeah, I'm, I'm saying 115, 120 for me mm. this year. Spy, question from Harry Otley. Is Damien Cook a sell? He has been all over the shop this season, tons, 30s, 40s. Uh, what a hard bloke to catch. Yeah, mate. Let's go Cook to Marnie. Do it with me this week. Cook will play Origin, um, I mean, imagine, and you can get ahead of that by planning and get yourself a, a keeper in the process. Yeah, agreed. It's has been a hard one, but just because of that round 13 availability, very handy additional player to have. One from Lockie Scoey, the uh, Lockie Schofield, the mighty Kuma Stallion himself. Sko wants to know Mitch Barnett or Tavita Pangai? Ooh, Barnett. Uh, he's just more solid. Uh, he's he's just more reliable, Barnett, for mine. Uh, he showed his upside last week. I think he's just an outstanding player. Uh, and we've spoken about Pangai. I like him, but there's so much risk involved there. I'd be locking Barnett in. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think Mitchie Barnett, we've been high on him all season and we, we were so um, buoyed by the return of Caelan Ponga for his for his um, supercoach scoring potential on the weekend. Yes, he lost the goal kicking to Ponga, but you know, within the first half, within about 20 minutes, Barnett had a try off Ponga and he'd set Ponga up for one as well. Ponga sweeping at the back. Boy, they look good together. Um, Barnett is an indefinite hold through till at least round 13, potentially for the season. And as mentioned before, he'll kick goals in round 13, or we think he will, uh, with Caelan Ponga out of that side. Um, what else we got here? Oh, so so this is we'll, – we'll quickly reiterate it because it is a big question this week. But one from Dan O'Connell, he says, would you trade Simpkin out – who would you trade to Simpkin out of Schuster and Watson? So Spy – you, you'd go Schuster, wouldn't you, whereas I'm leaning towards Watson. Yeah, I'm Schuster at the moment just to keep that extra number for that first buy, and then you can look at getting Schuster back as part of a second buy deal. Mm. But in saying that, it would be a close watch on both of them this weekend. If if the shoe looks really good again, he's getting plenty of ball and linking up with Tommy, then maybe he holds a spot. Um and the other thing is with Newcastle's run, they play Penrith this week, so it's a really good test for Watson against a quality side um, just to see how he's looking. If he punches out 55-60 against Penrith, then I'm more than happy. And 60-plus, I'm laughing. But yeah, it'd be a good watch just to see. They're basically on trial this weekend, the boys, so we hope they both lift. <laughs> <laughs> um, question from JC Charles, another good one. Have Lenu and Stefano Utkumanu topped out? He's thinking Lodge and other trade Teddy to Turbo bank the hundred k, or too late to stay on the ship. We've sort of we've we've spoken about the back half of that question on Teddy and Turbo, um, but interesting thoughts on Lenu and Stefano. Do you think they've sort of reached their price and they're not going to do much more, or, or are you holding? Yeah, it's a good question, mate. Um, I'm holding in that. Lodge, I sort of had a look at him last night, and I've probably got Lodge pegged at about a 40 to 55 each game, barring anything crazy happening. So maybe he averages late 40s. Linu's only averaging, what, 37 at the moment. So I think there's probably better trades to make. But if you wanted to do it, um, Linu to Lodge, yeah, I'm not totally against it, but I'd rather look elsewhere personally. Mm, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're on the fence for me at the moment, that pairing. They're... They could definitely – they're both playing round 13, so they're tempting holds. But, you know, if anyone's going to go, I think you mentioned earlier, Spy, maybe 
you know, one of them players, or if you can do it via jewels down to something like Curran next week, it'll make a decent coin or a lot of coin um, and, and probably be a decent play. Um, and the last one from Mepham Tim, I've definitely pronounced that wrong, but it's a bit funky there. And it's a, another good one. I have BMOs, but need to improve my CT dub. If I trade him, I can then get Nofaluma and Lomax. Thoughts on this, or should I try and find cash elsewhere? Whew, huge one on BMOs because he's at top dollar. He's been sizzling despite the Roosters dropping in form. Do you just hold him for the season, Spy, or do you think you can get in two guns for him? I'd sell him. Um, and you know why? It's because they rest him at random periods throughout the season, as as they did last week. He's an older body. They can afford to do it. They've got Ikevalu and other guys like um, the young fella coming through. So I'd just rather cash out. He scored bulk points. Roosters have lost some players, so maybe they won't be quite as good. I don't mind selling him and just doing the old double upgrade. I think that's pretty nice. Good stuff, mate. All righty. Well, that's all it for today with uh, just the, the two-person show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Spy, you've uh, been big in the absence of the other fellas. Thanks, mate. It's been good. <laughs> Cheers, mate. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys.